Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Welcome back uh, to our number three here on a Friday. Kenny, um, we always have to ask on a Friday because at the end of the show on Friday, we always end up playing taps for anybody that has served in the military who has passed away recently. And on the occasion when we have somebody, a family member or something of one of our listeners who has passed, we always mention their name. I have not had anybody contact me this week, so I'm wondering, have, do you have any names for TAPS? I don't, Brad. I don't have any okay. names for TAPS, no. Well, then let me get into this trucking thing, because this is going to be interesting to see whether this becomes a huge deal or just kind of a passing thing. But, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of truckers that uh, haul across the country, they're seeing what is happening at the southern border. They're seeing the millions of people that are illegally entering. It's causing problems on the roads. It's causing uh, problems all over. Well, U.S. Representative Keith Self from Texas has announced that truckers will be organizing a demonstration along several southern border routes to protest the wide-open border as well as the recent Supreme Court decision that will allow Border Patrol agents to cut razor wire fencing set up by Texas National Guard. By the, yeah, yeah, thank you. By the way, I think this is ridiculous that we had uh, Amy Coney Barrett and one of the other uh, supposedly conservative uh, justices stand with the liberals. Now, why they did that, I don't... Evidently, they don't mind open borders. They don't mind, uh, you know, just floods of illegal immigrants into this country. There will be a take-our-border-back multi-day, uh, multi-day truckers convoy from January 29th, so starting, uh, what, this weekend, or I think, or maybe Monday, through February 3rd. Shelf wrote on uh, on X. Routes will end at Eagle Pass, Texas, which, of course, is probably ground zero for illegal immigration into this country. Eagle Pass, Texas, Yuma, Arizona, and San Yosidro, California. Uh, there will be a take, uh, take Our Border Back multi-day. The convoy will mirror similar protest movements in Canada where truckers rallied around government buildings in Ottawa. Uh, as for the U.S.-based convoy in response to the border crisis, groups of truckers are set to meet at San Ysidro, California, Eagle, Texas, and Yuma, Arizona on February 3rd. A number of meetup dates have been set for the days ahead as truckers are expected to travel from as far away as Jacksonville, Florida for the rally. The Biden administration and the federal government are in a, in uh, are in Article Five, Section uh, Section Six of the U.S. Constitution. Reads a flyer for the Take Our Border Back convoy. The cause states that the government is responsible for protecting American citizens from an invasion. The convoy's goals include educating the public on the border crisis, sending a message to local, state, and federal governments, and demanding action on deportation and border 
closures. Now, I would think that most people in this country are already aware of what is going on on, on the southern border, but but maybe, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe there are still people out there that really don't understand. Now, there has, we've talked about this week, there has been an effort uh, by some uh, Democrats and uh, and some, you know, kind of wannabe half uh, Republicans, people like Mitt Romney, to come together in the Senate uh, to negotiate some sort of a uh, border proposal. And, and I'll give you the latest on that because this is rather interesting. Senate negotiators are reportedly close to finalizing a border proposal. I don't think it's going to happen. From what I've read this morning, it appears like uh, conservative Republicans are standing up finally and seeing what's in this thing. And uh, this is part of a larger spending package that includes aid to the Ukraine and Israel, the border, the Biden administration is requesting over $100 billion in funding for various programs, including $14 billion for the border. However, Republicans have, have been pushing the stricter measures to address the ongoing crisis at the southern border. Sources familiar with the proposals have revealed that it would include a tightening of the initial credible fear standard for asylum screening. This could lead to the removal of the majority of migrants going through the screening. Why, why let them come through the screening and then kick them out? If, if they don't qualify for, uh, for the screening process, if they don't really qualify for asylum, why even let them come here in the first place? In fact, I just read something the other day that said that about 70% of those claiming asylum are returned to their original country because they don't qualify for asylum. This could lead to the removal of the majority of migrants going through the screening, according to the briefing. Now, they talk about where the money is going. That this uh, Additionally, the proposal would include a Title 42-style expulsion authority, remember the one that Trump had set up, that would only be triggered if there are over 5,000 encounters at the border a day, which is pretty much what they're running on right now. Under this authority, expulsion could be mandated even if the seven-day average is lower and they would be exempt from judicial review. Now, uh, take note. Take note of the priorities in the Senate spending bill. $65.5 billion for the Ukraine, on top of the hundreds of billions that we have already given to the Ukraine. $14.4 billion to Israel. $5.3 billion to Custom and Border Protection, $2.3 billion for ICE, and $755 million for U.S. citizenship and immigration. Over $100 billion. Now, let's compare that to what Donald Trump wanted to finish 
the southern wall to close off that area completely so that illegal immigrants couldn't come across. Ten billion. A pittance of the hundred billion that Joe Biden wants now for all of his customized programs. The use of humanitarian parole, which allows migrants to enter the country for humanitarian reasons, would also be restricted. However, exemptions would be made for programs that fly in migrants, such as the CHNV parole program that allows 30,000 migrants to enter per month being flown into the country. The proposal would also reduce the wait time for a work permit for asylum seekers from 180 days to 90 days, almost in half. In other words, this is liberalizing and sending the word south of the border, hey, there's even more reason for you to sneak across. Additionally, work permits would be granted to children of illegal temporary visa holders who turn 21 well in the country. The proposal also includes an increase in ICE detention beds to 55,000 and funding for facilities and additional border offices. In other words, if we can't handle the flow that's coming now, spend more money to increase, uh, to give them more beds, to give them more facilities. However, these mandates have already been requested by the Biden administration and have faced pushback from Republicans. There would also be funding for legal assistance for unaccompanied children in the country. While the details of the proposal are still fluid, negotiators are hoping to have a finalized bill uh, to test soon. Well, the latest that I've read on it is that it's not going anywhere, that uh, enough senators, conservative senators, have stepped forward and said, look, this is... This is nothing. This is not helping with the border at all. This is only giving people a bigger reason to come and seek uh, to illegally cross the border. At a press conference, Senator Ted Cruz of Texas called the proposal a stinking pile of crap bill. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what you really feel, Ten- Senator Cruz? a stinking pile of crap bill, and criticized it for normalizing 500 or 5,000 migrants entering the country per day, which he deemed as an invasion. So I, I guess to say that it's probably not going to go anywhere is, is, uh, is true. Other senators, such as Rick Scott, Ron Johnson expressed concerns about tying the hands of future Republican presidents and the potential impact on border security. If this border proposal is included in the larger spending package, it is likely to face significant opposition in the House, where the Republican majority has expressed a desire for stricter border measures. So don't expect this to go anywhere soon. Listen, we got to take, speaking of going somewhere, we got to take our first break here of hour number three, but we will be back shortly with more on Sound Off on a Friday in the Northland.
KDAL time is 126, Hockey Day, Minnesota. This weekend, Saturday's the big day. Uh, let's go to War Road, Minnesota. What do we got going on up there? Uh, currently foggy and misty, so really what's going on here? So this is pretty widespread. Fog and mist in War Road, 28 degrees right now. The forecast for tonight, patchy fog, 19 for the overnight low in War Road. Now tomorrow, Brad, they have uh, tweaked that forecast a little bit. Partly sunny, partly sunny, then patchy fog. They've brought that temperature, that high temperature tomorrow, down a degree to 28. National Weather Service is saying 28 for the high tomorrow in War Road. So Hockey Day, Minnesota, we got our fingers crossed, and it's looking good. Well, maybe then if if they're going to get overnight lows of 19 or so, that'll harden the ice up, and then hopefully... Yeah. During the day, they can keep it going. Yes. So we'll see. Anyway, we got our friend Tony from Mountain Wrench Hall calling in. We'd like to uh, weigh in this afternoon here on a on a Friday afternoon. Tony, what's on yeah. your mind today? Uh, I had a name for... Uh, for Taps? Uh, yeah, a good friend of ours uh, from our church. Uh, she, was, uh, she just retired not too long ago from the Air National Guard. I think... Uh, I was in the Navy, so I think it was Chief Master Sergeant or something. Yeah, yep. Okay. Okay. And uh, uh, so the funeral will be next Friday out of St. Lisbeth's. Uh, like I said, it wasn't too long ago she retired, a couple of years ago. Young lady, uh, very talented, uh, and, you know, she served our country uh, for quite a few years. Uh, so uh, Stephanie Farringer is the name. And, Stephanie, uh, Stephanie Farringer? Yep. Yeah. Now, do you know anything about how did how did she pass away? She was she fairly young, you said? Oh yeah, yeah. She just she just retired with, you know, after twenty years. I, um, you guys got all the information. I think it was she graduated in the eighties, uh, and okay. so she was. I, I don't know, you know at least twenty year uh, veteran. Uh, I think that's E9, ain't it? That Chief uh, Master Sergeant is E9? Yeah, uh, yes, correct. And uh, other than warrant officer, I, I think, like with the Navy, that would be as high as you could go without becoming a warrant officer, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think the same thing in in just about every branch. I think that's, uh, even in the Marine Corps, that's like a Master Gunnery Sergeant or something. Yeah, it's, it's way up there, way up the uh, top of the uh, enlisted list, so... Yeah, okay. she she's gonna be missed. Uh, you know, she left left behind a husband and two boys, and and uh, mm. you know, uh, so tough. it's uh, you, know, really you never tough. know. All right. So, yeah, that's right. You never know what's going to happen in uh, in this country, in this world. But we will remind we will remember her at the end of the show today. And thank you, Tony, for right, letting uh, us know about that. Thank you very that. much for that. All right. So, Kenny, do you know any more about Stephanie? Well, I did. I found the obituary at the Duluth News Tribune, and Stephanie Farringer, uh, 57, died January 22nd. Uh, Brad Duluth East, class of 1984, and, yeah, 148th Air National Guard, retired with the rank of Chief Master Sergeant. And it went on to say she was a talented musician. She played guitar and sang with the Singing Slovenes. Oh, sure. I've seen them perform. I probably yeah. might have even seen her perform. Maybe. And uh, Tony knew her, and uh, they went to the same church, and so she's uh, going to be missed by uh, Tony and Tony's wife and also by the uh, family and friends and 
sad, but we're going to remember Stephanie today at the end of the program when we play Taps. Stephanie Ferringer. Ferringer, yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let's. uh, Oil is going up. Oil is going up. Oh, geez. You had to say that, didn't you? It's going up. uh, Let's see here. It's up uh, 78 bucks a barrel. Uh, It's up, uh, yeah, about 50 cents, something like that. So it's going up. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know know why that affects. Yeah. You know why that affects us all is because these EV cars, Kenny, are just going nowhere. They're they're sitting on car lots out there. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that when we come back from the CBS news break. But there, these are these electric vehicles, including Teslas and everything else, just are not uh, catching the fancy of the public. Uh, they did for a little while. Kind of like, the well, the story starts off this way. It said, if you remember in the early 1990s, every self-respecting American yuppie and retired suburban couple bought an electric bread maker with sales hitting 4 million units. But the fad soon fainted, faded as these amateur bakers discovered that stuffing a precise quality and ratio of flour, eggs, butter, yeast, and salt into a metal box takes time and costs much more than strolling to the corner bakery store and buying a loaf of bread. <laughs> so we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about the movement away from EV vehicles, even though the government has spent millions and billions of dollars subsidizing them. And Joe Biden's not going to like this report at all. Anyway, we'll come back after CBS News. KDAL time is 136. Uh, Twin Cities, 40 degrees already. 40 in the Twin Cities, 35 in Canal Park. Yeah, we've got uh, Bulldog Hockey here. Bruce Siski with the call. Let's see, what do we got? Uh, Friday, we got UMD Hockey, men and women. This is pretty huge, Brad. So uh, women's hockey versus Wisconsin. 245 here on KDAL and uh, Bulldogs and Badgers from Amsoil. And then we're going to have the men up next after that uh, women's game. UMD men will take on uh, Miami at 630. So uh, same thing tomorrow. Uh, UMD and uh, UMD women, uh, Wisconsin and the Bulldogs tomorrow, 245 and the men tomorrow at 6.30. So back-to-back 6.30 games for the men. And 2.45 back-to-back Friday and Saturday for the women. Yeah. Now that Miami, that's got to be what, Miami of Ohio? Yeah, Miami of Ohio. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And then one other thing um, I wanted to pass along to you and your listeners, but I don't remember what it was, so uh, we'll just... Uh, let that go UM, for now. UMD is having some issues with injuries this year, too, aren't they? The Bulldog men's. You know, I've kind of lost track of them. Uh, Bruce Siski, he's the one to ask that question. And he's not here right okay. now, Brad. Yeah, no, that's okay. He's busy. But I did read that, that they've had yeah. some major yeah. injuries. Yes. Oh, I know what well, I was going to anyway, say. Uh, football. Yeah. NFL uh, Conference Champions, championship rather, uh, Detroit at San Francisco, Sunday, 5.30 Central Time. So Sunday, go Detroit. Let's go Lions. Yeah. I don't care they're a rival of us in the 
NFC Central. It's our, it's our last North hope. Rather. It's our last Midwest hope, yeah. Um, I just, uh, boy, I'd, I'm not a fan of the 49ers, that's for sure. And Goal Lions. No. Yeah. So, and, and then the other game is on at what time? The Kansas City Chiefs and uh, Ravens. Yeah, when is that game? Uh, is that, uh, that must be an earlier be like game. Maybe um, 1 o'clock or something? Boy, I hope Kansas City loses that game. I'm just getting tired of them. I really am. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just am. Enough already. I mean, you see these dumb, I don't even want to say the name of the insurance company because, well, I, I just, I, I've had enough of them. Uh, Kansas City at yeah. Baltimore tomorrow. I'm sorry, Sunday. 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 At 2 o'clock. So both yeah. games are Sunday. Uh, Kansas City and Baltimore, 2 o'clock. Go Ravens and uh, Lions, 49ers at I'll tell you what, I don't think you got to worry about that game because I think the Ravens the Ravens were my midseason pick to win the Super Bowl. They, they just look pretty well, strong all the way around. You know, I don't care if they win or lose, honestly. Uh, just as long as the Lions win and win the Super Bowl, whoever they beat. It'd be nice if they could beat Kansas City. But then we would have to endure all the Taylor Swift junk during the Super Bowl. Oh, God. (laughs) Are you getting tired of Taylor Swift? I'm just getting tired of, uh, I mean, I admire her and her uh, um, success as a musician, of course. She's made a but fortune. I, I don't. I don't admire the the sideshow away from the NFL with this. I just. I'm yeah. ti- I, I've tired of it. And uh, yeah. You know, I don't know if you've noticed. There's a couple of things going on with this artificial intelligence. Uh, Taylor Swift was caught with one of them. Evidently, you can use uh, artificial intelligence to change people's looks in pictures make them appear like they're at events where they're not at events and things like that. And Taylor Swift evidently has been caught up where some somebody has used artificial intelligence to make some ugly pictures of her sexually uh, available over the Internet. Yeah. And it's not good. Yeah. And there, we, they also had the first case just recently of artificial intelligence being used against uh, a political candidate in this cycle. Uh, Somebody, I think it was uh, DeSantis, had flyers made up against him with information on it that was all artificially produced. Uh, It was not real at all, but it looked very real with the pictures that were on it, but they were the artificial intelligence stuff. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, Kenny. There, There's going to be so much nonsense going on with that stuff, with artificial intelligence and re- redoing pictures and stories and everything. Well, it's I, just going to be incredible. Yeah, I know Microsoft has invested heavily in AI technology, and uh, we'll see. But uh, were you going to cover Can, a story? Was there something that was on the... Yes. On the front yes, burner? Yes, I wanted to. Uh, well, yeah, on the on vehicles, on EV oh, vehicles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we got Tesla out there that their stock recently has dropped by about 12%. Um, and, and you know what? Even with Ron, with Elon Musk's entrepreneurial brilliance and the billions of dollars of U.S. government subsidies that have supported EV, it appears 
that consumers still appear to drive to a gas station for a five-minute fill-up than to retrofit their garage and suffer the range anxiety that comes from hunting for a charging station in a parking lot of an abandoned shopping mall where they're now saying that only about maybe a third, one-third of the EV fleet of, of 245 million charges are actually, uh, uh, they're being dumped. Uh, they're squealing about a 180-degree turn that a lot of these charging stations really aren't working or don't work the way they're supposed to be working. And so what is happening is, uh, according to J.B. Power, J.D. Power, they report that 21% of public charging stations do not work in any case. That's got to be frustrating for a, a guy that spent a huge amount of money buying one of these EV Teslas or any of the, any of the vehicles and then finding out they go to plug it in and the charger doesn't work. The ev- That evidence was earlier this month, and you reported at first, I think, Kenny, that Hertz uh, has purchased, had purchased 100,000 Teslas to great fanfare back in 2021, executing a uh, a squealing uh, that everybody was going to be involved in EV sales. Now, all of a sudden, they've decided to sell off their fleet, taking a $245 million charge against earnings. That has to really hurt. And the the true story of what's happening when they come to the lots to car dealerships, according to this story today, EVs, tend to sit on dealers' lots for about three weeks longer than gasoline-powered cars. Now, that doesn't seem like a lot, three weeks, but it is when the dealerships are paying a percentage of the financing for those vehicles to be sitting on the lots. Out, it, it, it appears like outside of wealthy, trendy communities, consumers are walking past EVs and snapping up what did you say Kenny a while ago why aren't they why aren't they buying hybrids well that's what they're snapping up they're snapping up hybrids and gasoline powered engines instead EV sales crawled up just 1.3% in 2023 and there's reports that this year they may be actually in a negative trend state governments are pumping uh, EVs with enormous subsidies, but what's going to happen when the states run out of that money? For example, they said in this story that California still put $7,000 into each new EV on top on top of the maximum 7,500 federal credits, despite reporting a record $69 billion budget shortfall in California. New Jersey sends $4,000 checks to EV buyers despite shrinking revenues. So the question was, how long are these states going to continue to be able to put money into EVs when, in fact, uh, they're losing their shirts on it? Toyota, on the other hand, see, Toyota got a lot of flack because it did not jump on the bandwagon of EVs, but instead bet on hybrids. They now look like the winner in this whole thing because Toyota share prices outperformed GM by about 40%. 
EVs require about nine. They they do. There are some pluses, but some of them are not real pluses. For example, EVs require about ninety percent fewer parts and about thirty percent fewer man hours to manufacture, which a lot of the uh, the unions are looking at and saying. Uh, that's it, it, hurting us with jobs and with hourly wages. So anyway, this is uh, kind of an interesting thing. We I we did our CBS News, did we not? I believe we did. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to do a Minnesota okay. News break. You can go now if you want. This is kind of a long break, actually. Yeah, let's do that. This is kind of a good spot to stop it and do it. Let's, let's go to uh, Minnesota News, and then we'll come back with more. KDAL time, 152, 35 degrees in Canal Park. We're going to end this week on a very mild note. And Brad, a note on the sunset tonight. We've gone past the 5 o'clock sunset time, 5.02 sunset tonight. So as we get further and further along there, it's going to be, what, a couple of months yet, isn't it, before we drop back or spring forward, I should say? Yeah, we're going to spring ahead on, uh, what's the date on that? March 20th, I believe, is the uh, spring equinox. But uh, let's see. Um, I'm sorry, March 19th. March 19th, um, spring equinox. Uh, Bradley, uh, January 26th, 2004. 20 years ago today, Duluth got 18 inches of snow. <laughs> 18.2, if you're counting. Man. Yeah. Yes, sir. And what, a, what a difference we're having. Say, I want to give you one last statistic out of this deal about EVs, because it has to do with electric grid. And that's a big part of this. The average duration of a blackout since 2013, between 2013 and 2021, has doubled from 3.5 hours to more than 7 hours, while the frequency has jumped by nearly 20%. No wonder people are reluctant to tie their mobility to wall plugs when the electrical grid is under so much pressure. Um. so yeah, this uh, it's given doubts about the reliability of renewable energy sources like wind and power, which which really are vulnerable to clouds and stagnant air. Was it Fred? The US is, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Continue. I, I thought no, I was going to say the U.S. is not alone. China has has this. Uh, you know, they're building EV cars as well. Build your dreams is a company over there that builds autos. They've. Uh, They've earned headlines for selling three million last year, but now it turns out that that's not working out very well either. And the Chinese government and private sector have bet big on battery productions in countries like Zimbabwe, the Dominican Republic of the Congo, Cuba, Russia, mining in lithium, cobalt, and cadmium. This is but will weird. China continue to buy them once it becomes a price lump? I, I don't Good want point. an electric car. I, I just I don't, don't I don't want a battery operated no. car. I want a battery operated flashlight. <laughs> yeah. You know, I want a battery operated uh, you know, shaver to No, I I don't want a battery operated car. I'm sorry. I'm not in no. in that. Um uh what was I going to say? Um Oh, I don't even remember. Oh, I think it was Fred from Hawthorne, I think. And he talked about the regulations in California. God, maybe it was Tom. I don't remember who it was. Anyways, when they set these standards for things that uh, have to be 
uh, solar or battery operated or what have you. Right. Snow right. blowers were exempt. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I can't remember we were having that discussion. I just remember hearing that. And it made me think, Brad, that so far this winter we've had 17 inches of snow. One year ago today, we had 77 inches of snow. <laughs> we had 60 more inches of snow on the ground. We're 32 inches oh, below normal. Man. But, Brad, you can't operate a snowblower on a battery. You can't. No. You just no, can't. you can't. you got to have that gas kicking it in. Yep. And, and it Absolutely. just, this is silly stuff. It is. There's nothing can wrong I, with uh, oil and gas. There it just isn't. Can I give you one word of caution? If you, if we have listeners out there today that are thinking, hey, Brad was talking about these, uh, these uh, big lights that help you get through sad, you know, yeah. seasonal dis- don't look at them. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Keep your eyes closed. I just yeah, looked just at feel, mine. I got yeah. spots in front of my eyes. Yum, 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 yum. Yeah, just... Uh, Feel the uh, the warmth and the brightness. Oh, yeah. man. Okay. Well, anyway, folks, uh, we are just about done for the day. In fact, uh, TAPS is coming up here relatively short, I'm sure. So I want to remind all of you to have a great weekend. Um, now, the Wild play on, I think you said Sunday. Is that right? No, they they're going to be. No, they're going to. Or gonna, is it Saturday? Yeah, they're going to be part of Hockey Day Minnesota. So Wild Hockey Saturday Eight o'clock drop of the puck, Minnesota and Anaheim. Okay, they can't let their guard down. Anaheim's not a very good team per se when you look at their record, but they can't let their yeah, guard down but... in this team. And this is a, a game they they better win. Now, on the other hand, the uh, uh, Nashville Predators are a good team, and we found that out last yeah. night. Uh, we I think the Wild played about as good as they're capable of last night. But they just couldn't hold them off. Yeah, they had some penalties that might have hurt them. And uh, I'm just—I'm not a fan of goaltenders that play on their knees. I, I don't know where that came from. Jeez, no. stand up and play goalie. Ugh. Exactly. So the Wild I'll Saturday, Brad. We won't have another yeah. Wild game after Saturday until Wednesday, February. Break. Yeah, Wednesday, yep. February seventh. The Wild will be at Chicago. So Minnesota Wild hockey on seven ten a.m. Saturday at 8 o'clock, and then again Wednesday, the 7th of December. Oof. Have you noticed how my least favorite defenseman, Merrill, is not around anymore? He's not been playing with the Wild. Yeah, he's been a healthy scratch, I'm sure. Brad, we're going to go to Taps and remember Stephanie Ferringer. Stephanie Ferringer. Remember her died we'll at you, age 57, and we'll see you all Monday.